creator-owned book that's going on right now over at Zoop. Axewilder John is the story of a savage journey into the heart of a man driven mad by love, by hate, by power, as he is hounded by hordes of relentless enemies who will stop at nothing to reclaim what John has stolen. This is a real passion project for writer-artist Nick Patera, as he's drawing inspiration from creators he loves, such as Frank Quietly, Jeff Darrow, and Mobius, among others. The book is also a deeply personal tale for Nick. He conceived a lot of the character and stories while his family was dealing with health challenges for his youngest daughter. Just like real life, the story is much more complicated than it might seem at first glance. And the axe-wielding barbarian at the heart of the story may be much, much more relatable than your average bloodthirsty warrior. The project's already fully funded, so go join the campaign, and you're guaranteed to get this full-color, oversized, hardcover edition. Just visit zoop.gg to check it out. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Comic Source. This is an Aftershock Monday episode. We're here to talk about the recently concluded series, Almost American. I have the writer of the series, Ron Mars, joining me, as well as, uh, I guess, collaborator and a story based on his incredible life. Jay, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having us here. Um, really appreciate it. I'm the only guy whose name doesn't begin with Jay. I kind of feel, yeah, I feel, I kind of feel like I don't fit in here. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and uh, for those that are, are kind of wondering um, about Jay, yeah, we, he, we've talked about him on the show before because previous to Almost American, uh, he did a collaboration with Stephanie Phillips, who was just on the show last week, uh, Red Atlantis, which we, we really enjoyed. But um, yeah, the series we're going to hear to talk about today is Almost American, which, uh, as I said, based on Jay's life as a former uh, intelligence agent for, uh, for Russia. So, Ron, why don't you give us kind of the, the elevator pitch and then we'll throw it over to Jay to hear about how the project came together. I, I've got to give you the elevator pitch on his life while he's yep. sitting here. Yeah, <laughs> I'll put, put you on the spot. <laughs> it's, um, this, is a, this is one of the most interesting comics gigs I've ever done because it's real, because it's, um, it's telling the story of... Jay and his wife um, leaving Russia um, and ending up in America, um, former intelligence operatives who um, left behind their homeland and came here and found that the American bureaucracy was um, was not the promised land after all and was just as messy as uh, in some ways what they left behind. So um, so it was it was more a job of, of reportage for me than for, you know, the usual comic stuff, which is just making stuff up. Um, so it was, um, you know, virtually everything in those five issues and soon to be trade paperback um, is a real thing that happened. Uh, and my job was kind of to arrange it in a, um, in a story sense uh, so that we had a story sense so that, you know, life's random moments that happen um, were kind of put together in a way that um, that told you uh, their story and as much as humanly possible sticking to the sticking to just the facts man 
Yeah, and I, I find it so fascinating. And first of all, Jay, uh, I mean, the bravery or you and your wife to uh, to leave, you know, behind your, the, you know, the only life you ever knew, your homeland, and to to venture off into the uh, into the unknown. You know, I know they're extenuating circumstances and whatnot, but then I think also some bravery in in sh- deciding to share share the story, um, and not just you know go into hiding or, or whatnot. So, talk to us a little bit about what made you decide to to share it, um, and what made comics kind of the uh, you know graphic novel the uh, the path that you wanted to take. Well, I, I can't say I wanted to take it. I had I, I just can say uh, that my really close friend Ross Schneiderman, who was a former editor of the Newsweek, he convinced me to do so. So mm-hmm. he know he knows his really close friend is Lee Kramer, who is the owner of the Aftershock um, uh, company. So Ross was kind of circling around and just trying to pitch this idea to me, let's turn your story into the graphic novel. And I was saying, like, well, I'm not sure, I don't know, I never done, I never worked with this genre. Maybe we should try a book. So Ross was kind of really convincing. And then after all, he just pitched uh, the story behind my back to Lee Kramer. <laughs> so <laughs> after that, I got a call. And uh, yeah, that's, that's how the whole thing happened. So the guys kind of, uh, they just sent me several links just to check the work that Aftershock is doing. And it was really cool and fantastic. And then they gave us uh, several names of people who will be working on it. And then I saw Ron. So pretty much it was kind of the only choice we had um, after this moment. So by knowing what he was doing with the in his with his let's say previous projects and what in which he was involved, that was a like yeah, that's the guy we want to work with, we want to work with, and we want to go with. Uh, and this is how the whole thing has happened. And it was really, I mean, when we started to work on the um, uh, almost American, I already had this experience working with the with Red Atlantis. So I knew the process and how it works. But again, it's different writer, different artist, so it's different process. At some point, it's more interesting, and again, and for as for Red Atlantis, it was more focused on like creating story, right? Even we had some real elements behind it. But with Ron, it's my job was just to give him the material and let him cook, let him do the thing. So Ron has had absolute full freedom to do whatever he wants with the story. Uh, I, I kind of, I still have, I'm quite upset a bit about a few things what he's done in the show in 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 in, in, in the book and especially that they uh, put too too much muscle on me and i'm in too good shape so and because the project was released during the uh, pandemic during the covid and i was not work out for a year and a half so kind of it was a huge challenge for me just kind of to go and present the story because people say like yeah that's not you like you just kind of you completely out of shape like you have to <laughs> I try to convince Aftershock just to at least pay for my gym membership just to get back <laughs> to invest some money into me but again they said no so it's on it's on me but again overall that's really interesting process it's really I kind of I never done anything like that before so that's uh, the way you're going to share your story. And then you're going to see your journey in the art form. It's not just like surveillance video, let's say, or someone just like put some uh, pictures of you on the table. No, it's like in the form of art. Someone is telling your story. That's interesting. That's really, that's kind of, that's cool. And again, Aftershock done a great job. Um, and yes, I was, I guess, uh, I'm unsure if Ron is willing to share some kind of how annoying, how annoying I was to him. <laughs> this whole work process, how I was telling him like, yeah, and that's not that how it was. Like, let's change it. Let's check this. Maybe that's too much. Maybe that's not too much. So yes, I was, he, kind of, I was, uh, yes. 
he says that because it's a good story, but um, he was hugely supportive. Um, I tried. And, and the, you know, just conversations that we ended up having, because I had, you know, I had material. I had, um, I had a number of articles. I had um, a, a prose book pitch. I had, I had stacks of material. They're, they're all still sitting right over there, in fact. Um, but a lot of the, the great detail stuff just came out of the two of us being on the phone. And, you know, Jay telling me stories and me kind of cherry picking, oh, that's, that's good. That's going to be like the, the, um, the scene with, um, that starts issue four with a driving instructor um, mm -hmm. being taken for the ride of his life. That totally came from a conversation that we had where we, we were just kind of, you know, bullshitting on the phone. And he said, oh, this thing happened. And he tells me that story. And I'm like, I'm taking that whole cloth. Like that whole story is going right into the book and it's going to be the, you know, it's going to open issue four. So for, for me, this whole process has been kind of gathering all of that material, the, the research, the, um, the, the backstory and all of the anecdotes and then fitting those puzzle pieces together in the best fashion I could. Yeah, it's, it ends up being such a human story. You know, we talk about, you know, a, a spy story, but this is a real life spy story. So it's not, it's not James Bond. It's not, you know, explosions and super gadgets or whatever. Um, but that's what made it so compelling. So Jay, let me ask you, I, I think one of the reasons I just love talking to people in general, everybody has a story. Everybody has, you know, interesting uh, experiences they've been through and whatnot. Was there any hesitancy on your part to, to get your story out there? Like what, what was it about your story that you felt like, you know what? I really, I really want to share this with people. I guess, I mean, it, it was not a plan at first place. Uh, while we've been working for uh, a variety of agencies here in states, but at some at some level, people who've been involved with us and working with us started to kind of push us towards this direction. Guys, you should mm -hmm. you should share it. You should tell it. Of course, we had to be really, and we still have to be really careful what we can say about work process itself some tasks and some missions and what we've been doing but as for from the human perspective like a life story yes we definitely can share it there, there is nothing nothing we can uh, we should hide in it and uh, and i guess it was like collective decision just guys let's go and just do it let's let's put it i mean it's already was several uh, it were several articles been released and uh, i was doing some public events to, like for example for international spy museum uh, so it's kind of it's so naturally it's like evolutionally went like put all, all just came together so of course we still like to the last moment we've been like maybe we should not do it maybe we should not go this way but after all like let's say look after the newsweek article why not like that's that's the moment when there is no sense to sit on it like let's let's try to tell it the the only concern was will we be able to find people who really can tell the story like mm -hmm. artist and the, and and the writer uh, and I guess we, we it, this happened. So yes, that's, uh, um, and also let's say comic book compare if you're gonna write the book like autobiographical book, it's less pressure on you as for comic when we're doing the comics, right? So it's more as more like a visual. So you can tell the story. Maybe it's more, it's less work from us. It's more work was for Ron to work with this material. 
and uh, we were able to avoid some kind of really personal things in this story. But at the same time, we share mo- some of that as well. So it's kind of it's more comic book for us is more like a safe way to tell the story. And I guess that's the right way to do it as well, because um, visual visualization gives people ability just to think and get and be a kind of part, like go for your journey with you and just see it with your own eyes. That, that's that's I guess that's uh, that's what happened with the almost American. Um, yeah, it's a it's a good point because you know if, if you're writing it just as prose, you know you've got to talk about your oh at this point I was feeling this as opposed to you know the artist is doing the heavy lifting for kind of the emotional beats uh, of what Ron's script is. Now uh, I I mentioned kind of James Bond and you know you hear spy story and that's kind of immediately where people's uh, mind goes when you're telling a story for for entertainment and ultimately this is an entertaining story uh, but also a fascinating story Ron because it really is about about people so that had to be a lot of the, the challenge right like you're like you mentioned earlier you're telling a, a true story that that really happened but yeah I mean, people are gonna, a... when they hear yeah when they hear spy story they come in with certain expectations and that's not what this this um, is well I I'm actually glad people came in with expectations um, that were, you know, that I think were probably undercut mm-hmm. in the first issue. Um, you know, this is, you come in thinking, oh, it's a spy story. So it's, it's, it's James Bond, it's Jason Bourne, um, all of, all of the stuff that we know from, um, from entertainment, from media. Um, and this is, this is not that. This is not um, the the Hollywood version of this stuff. This is the real life version. Um, so I hope people came to it and had a, you know, sort of had a revelation about, oh, that's what this world is really like. And, and that's what this world is like with real people in it. Um, and, and part of it, um, part of it is just, you know, we had a great, um, had a great art team. Uh, uh, Marco Castiello and Benny Lobel were the were the line artists. Um, this was not an easy job to draw. This this was, you know, you're drawing real people. Uh, so you're working with within reason with likenesses. Mm-hmm. Um, you're drawing real people in real places, doing real things. That's not generally what we do in comics, right? That whole thing of of making this, you know, make this realistic, not you know, not two guys in their underwear on top of a building beating the hell out of each other or, you know, people running from zombies. Like that's, that's kind of easy in that, in that respect. Mm-hmm. Um, this was much different to, to try to make this world as real as possible and to make, um, uh, to make them seem like uh, these were real people telling you their story. And, and frankly, that's how, that's how the end of the, of the series came about is is um frank i was you know without without spoiling it without giving away how the end of the series works um i really was struggling with well how do we how do we wrap this up because the story's not over Mm -hmm. right there's no there's no um big climactic uh you know james bond fight scene that happened in real life so um so how do we, you know, how do we make this a satisfying ending? And I, I, I think we did that. I'm very satisfied with it. I like, I like it a lot. Um, 
but I'll leave I'll leave the readers to decide. But I think um, you know I don't think it's giving away too much that there's some breaking of the fourth wall in the last issue, um, and I hope that makes it seem even more real that you know this is a story that's being told to you by by the person that lived this story. And also small secrets like sneak peek, as you wish, uh, in in the final letter in the end of the book five. Uh, I mentioned because that this story was told from my perspective and my voice, and we did it on purpose uh, because I wanted my wife to tell her side of the story. So some of this, as you guys mentioned, this James Bond, Jason Bourne stuff will be in her voice. Uh, and kind of, we want to kind of share some action if we do the issue and story based on her uh, view on how things were going. So we thought that we maybe can tell this, uh, some intelligence operations, some details for her voice, for her eyes, like strong female character. So, because I mean, in most of the spy stories, like the guys have all the fun, right? So you're fighting, you're riding the bikes, you're doing all the sections. So we just decided, okay, let's just slightly do it in reverse. Let's tell the human story from this big guy. And then let's my wife just show kind of some action that maybe later on we can do this continuation of the series and just tell some and bring some action for her perspective. Uh, plus, we, we hope that we will be able to tell some, some things in the several years from now. So we just kind of, <laughs> which we're not able to do right now. So yes, but sooner or later that's gonna happen so we can share some things. And Ron, Ron knows some stories. We share some stuff with him. Unfortunately, we were not able to kind of to put it in a, in a book. Um, yeah, but... there, there, there are some stories that he said, this happened. Yeah, don't put that in the book. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yes, you, you can. It's, it's, it's like, yeah, it's unfortunately. So it's, um, I mean, look, even in, in, in the story, uh, we mentioned our, our attorneys who've been involved in this process and uh, they, they, they kind of advised us, let's say, guys, you, you can tell, you can say this, this and that, but on this portion, just a bit slow down. Like we, 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 we're not sure how this might affect us. Not in the meaning of like people don't like it. They most likely they're gonna like it. The problem is that what what the um, kind of wipe we can receive from outside, from not from United States, but from outside the United States country. So we don't know. So kind yeah, of yeah, it makes careful. we want yeah we want everybody to be safe at the end of the uh, day. Yes, at least at least to try. So we'll see right. we'll see how it's gonna gonna work out. Yeah, and I speaking as a as a reader and a fan of of the story. Yeah, I think the ending was was amazing because, as you were saying, Rob, it's it subverted people's expectations, but it really kind of put the period on the end of the sentence to have it end the way that it ended. Um, yeah, because it, it, it what it did was it called back to the whole entire series of of how this really was a human story. I hope that's good to hear. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, when I when I actually when I turned in the script to uh, Mike Martz, the editor, I said, "Well, here's what I did. I think it works, but you let me know." Uh, <clears throat> the dogs like it, obviously. They thought the ending was great. Uh, well, Jay, I know. Uh, so we covered each issue as it as it came out, and I know you were act, being active on social media as well because you would re respond, and that that's how we got to talking. Um, so how, how did you find the experience as far as uh, reader reaction? And, you know, was there a lot of engagement where people asking questions uh, of you and whatnot? I mean, yes, we received, I received a bunch of the questions after the issue five was released. Like, for, for like the whole series started, started to be released. 
I've got a bunch of the followers on my Twitter, uh, which I was not expecting. Uh, some people, which nicknames I even can't read. I have no idea what, who these people are and what they're up to. Um, but again, same thing happened with my LinkedIn as well. So that's uh, the one thing. The uh, as a reviews, as a feedback about the story, of course, like one side, everyone is happy because it's a human story. On the other hand, people are saying, yeah, you guys have to put more action into it. We need some James Bond stuff, some running with the guns and just smashing some cars. Uh, we're kind of missing this. Maybe you guys can do it later on. And some Did you tell are, them, go read, you should have told them, go read Red Atlantis. Yes. <laughs> uh, but then there was a question like, oh, we didn't know you was involved in this project as well. So yeah, guys, can you read at least on the cover? It's like my name on it. So <laughs> do, at least do some work. So yes, we... Uh, and by the way, Red Atlantis itself uh, has some uh, real background for the story too. I mean, I already mentioned this several times, but at least some elements. It was kind of, it's a combination of stories. So yes, it's, it's interesting reaction. So, uh, and kind of, I wish we could have say more in it from like an operational perspective, but at the same time, I wanna, if, if we do this next again, as I mentioned, like new, new series about uh, Victoria and her perspective on these events, uh, we might add a few things. But again, this was a different approach, different story more human story, and it was pretty much Ron's choice. So I guess uh, he kind of, it was his decision to go as human as possible. Uh, and I guess that's that's the right call with that. So yeah. kind of, I, yeah. I was actually, I was expecting as well, some kind of a, like a superhuman fights in it, like guys mm -hmm. with the big square jaws fighting <laughs> somewhere. Uh, but again, that was, uh, decision was uh, made differently, so which is good. And how about for you, Ron? How did you find the, the, the reaction of readers? Um, I, I don't think I heard a bad word. I, you know, like everybody, um, everybody was intrigued. I, I think because of, because of the added attraction of, by the way, this is real, mm -hmm. it's really happened. People were invested in it in a way that I have not seen, you know, when I do Silver Surfer, right? Like people are into it. They love that. And obviously that's, that's a thing that's on my resume and we'll, you know, will follow me for the rest of my life, which is great. It's awesome. Uh, but I think people were invested in this in a different way because it was, um, you know, it, it was very obviously a real story. And, and the, uh, the press and the promotion, all of that stuff made that apparent. Um, and I, I think people approached it a little differently than a typical comic book because you generally... Um, now there's some out there, but generally 95% of the comics that are on the stands are made up, you know, mm -hmm. they're, it's, it's complete fiction. So to be able to do this um, in the format that people are used to consuming their, you know, their complete fiction, um, but present it to, but present a real story to them in this format. Um, my guess is that this is probably the first real story that a lot of people have read in comics um, as opposed to, you know, Superman and Spider-Man and everything else. So I, you know, I, I I didn't know that I was going to enjoy it as much as I did by the time I got into it. Um, and 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 frankly, it was harder work than just making up stuff. You know? Right. Well, I, I think it'd be cool if the Silver Surfer fought Thanos. So that happens. <laughs> yeah. Right. So that's just the thing that happens. You know, that the... Um, 
the the majority of my job transpires because I said so. You know why? You know why? Why do those two heroes fight, or why does you know why does Thanos beat Silver Surfer? No, really, the reason is because I said so. Mm-hmm. Um, this this was not that situation at all. This was you know putting those puzzle pieces together and um, trying to serve the material um, in as honorable a way as possible. Well, and also Silver Surf is not calling you on the phone going, yeah, you didn't really get that. That's probably not. He, he does not. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't visit as often as he used to. Although, although I just did a free comic book day signing and they had a life size Silver Surfer in the store. So um, oh, fantastic. You, you know, he follows you around. And also almost American kind of gave, I'm not sure, maybe like Ron and I have got this sort of like a synergy. Um, due to that, we have two more projects going right now. We're partners and a team on that one, on this too. Um, we can't make any announcements, but one is a kind of action revenge thriller, which we're working on right now. Ron, should we say a name or we should not? Sure, say the name. Okay. Well, say, say the name. I won't get in trouble. You will. <laughs> well, it's fine. I can do it because I spoke with, the, with my partner, so we can do it. So one project is Valhalla Baptized in Blood. It's a revenge thriller. It's uh, basically everything is happening nowadays. It will be really uh, cool. And uh, one of our main uh, artists on it is Jason Masters. Oh, he's nice. A, he's a phenomenal guy. Yes, friend of ours. And Jason's doing a really great job. And uh, we're waiting on Ron, Ron to give us scripts for issue three, four right now. Issue, and we'll, issue three. Yeah. Issue three is in the issue, issue one we already have in our hands. It's perfect. It's phenomenal. And we're working on this. We can't release anything yet, but it, it's going to happen. It's uh, basically just independent publishing, so we just we will put it all together on our own. Uh, Ron is again doing a phenomenal job on this project too. Uh, another project is big one is coming, and Ron is the only guy who never was in spy business in this project. Yeah, wow. I already, already made the announcement uh, a few days ago. It was a big uh, panel event with several uh, three more former spies. It calls Real Spy Comics. Technically, Ron is our editor in chief in this project. We are developing this. It will be, and our strategic partner is International Spy Museum as well. I will have a bunch of the guys from the CIA, NSA, some guys from FBI, uh, myself in this project as well. And uh, it's the only publishing company which is dedicated to tell true spy special operations court intelligence stories from all around the globe. We have a bunch of the people from intelligence world, and uh, we're kind of working on this idea right now. And Ron is a bit future of it. So I'm, yeah, I'm the, I'm the, you know, which one of these is not like the others? Yeah. Um, either, either I've never been a spy, or I was such a good spy. You guys don't know about <laughs> a modern day uh, John Leclerc, right? Yes. Yes. So kind of and yes, that, we, we're counting on, on on Ron. So his his kind of skills, his knowledge, his experience is a big big part of it. But he he will have to work with all of the real stories like all around the globe, like basically before the Christ and up to now, everything related to the spy business, contra special operations. We have a bunch of people who are willing to share their stories with us. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a big deal. We're working on the announcement. We'll see when we can do it. But again, Ron, Ron is kind of our key key element in this. What, what he's saying is I have a very particular set of skills. <laughs> <laughs> and we know well where, he, where he's living. So we're good. Well said. <laughs> uh, well, let me ask you this, Jay, because it's so fascinating to me that you've come to the world of, of uh, visual storytelling, graphic novels, comic books. You know, at, at darkest times, you know, you and your wife, 
you're here, you've, uh, you know, you've left behind everything you know, you feel abandoned by the intelligence community here. Did you ever think you would be, you know, fall into the world of comic books? I mean, what, a, what an incredible journey, right? I'm not sure it's kind of pleasant to say what I'm going to say. I mean, look, after what I saw, what's happening in Russia, how it works back in my former organization, what I, and what type of mess I saw here in States, I'm not sure what can really surprise me. So kind of I'm, I'm really open for pretty much anything. Um, and uh, comic books, it's I guess it's continuation of some kind of a craziness what I was involved before uh, mm-hmm. in Spy World uh, here and there. Uh, also, I've been in, in, in a TV show as well. I mean, I'm sure you guys know this story. Not Ron knows that. Mm-hmm. And we decided not to put in, in, in almost American, but um, I, I was uh, playing role in a, in a TV series here in the States while I was working for U.S. government. Because um, I'm not sure, do I do it, should I share it or not? You, if yeah, I, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay, so 2012, I'm still working for U.S. government as a call it consultant, doing some side gigs and side work. And I was looking for a way how to get rid of stress. Um, my wife, uh, Victoria, she was involved in some martial arts stuff, but it was it already was not working for me. So I found the way maybe I should try like doing the acting stuff on one-on-one classes. And the reason was just to get rid of all the stress for playing the character. I just read about this crazy idea how the spies and during the World War II have been doing this. Anyways, the point is I found a guy in Portland, Oregon. Uh, his name is Kevin Jones. He's a, he's a director and a showrunner in a feature called The Red Door Project, Portland, Oregon. Right, great guy. So he thought that I'm just a middle-aged guy with some kind of identity crisis and I just want to be an actor. Um, uh, and uh, he just, he said, yeah, let's, let's do the classes. I went through the training program with him and we've been working out for about several months. And then he was pushing me towards, you should get an agent. And I did my best to sabotage all the attempts to make it happen. At some point, one of the guys uh, somehow decided, well, yeah, I can take you anyways. So, and then several <laughs> months later, yes, the, the, it was absolute, it was a big commitment on his side. I, I kind of, yes. So uh, after several months with him, um, he arranged some audition for me for TV series called Grimm. It's MSNBC. It was filmed in Portland, Oregon back in the days. And um, I went for an audition. I did my best. Um, then out of blue, I got a call back. I, I went to the call back. I went through this whole process as it's supposed to go. And then I said, okay, they're never going to pick me anyway, so it's fine. Just job is done. My agent is not going to say anything. And then three days later, I got a call. He said, like, you got the part. <laughs> so I just I said, okay, fine, great. He was like, why are you not so excited? I said, well, I am. So kind of, yeah, I'll call you back in a second. So I called to, to the um, guys with whom we've been working from the U.S. government. Uh, people from the FBI and said, guys, like, here's the dilemma. Here's the situation I have. I got a part in TV series to play. They said, like, well, I mean, it's kind of, we don't know. Maybe we hope that no one is watching the show and no one's going to show this in Russia. I said, so should I do it? They said, like, yeah, I mean, go ahead, try. Why not? And they, everyone knew that in the Grimm series, everyone was kind of morphing in some animals and some monsters, right? So that was supposed to be my part to be, to be too. So I have to play like a Verat, the whatever the spy assassin thing. So I went to the set, 12 hours of work, pretty good paycheck. I get my own trailer. Everything is fine. Everything is great. During the filming, um, we had a break and the director came to me and said like, I'm going to tell you how real spy should walk and talk. I said, <laughs> I'm just happy to get your advice. Like, yeah, just go ahead, say it. So everything was filmed. It was done. Um, 
and uh, it was released. And uh, released it was in 2000 already, right in the end. Uh, it was the end, final ceremony of the closing of the Sochi Olympics uh, in Russia. And they released this episode in Russia as well, right after the Olympics, Olympic ceremony. So the first call which I got, it was from uh, our friend and agency in the CIA and who said like, yeah, that most likely was the most watchable episode in Russia. So they somewhat like, I, yes, and more than that, in Green Series, they somehow decided not to morph me into anything. So I was just myself. <laughs> I was just like from the beginning to the end, I was just as a human being. They killed me in, my, in, my, in the end. But the point is I was kind of, yes, I officially uh, in, 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 in a TV series uh, played the uh, spy assassin, whatever it is, was. Um, so yes, uh, that, I guess that was kind of the moment when I, I kind of, I crossed my Rubicon. So from yeah. this moment, like, okay, well, I mean, the comic book right now after what I've done for, for the TV. So yes, I guess, I guess we can try, we can do it. Uh, and again, comic industry was always around and Portland itself is kind of, it's pretty like a big comic town, a lot mm -hmm. of people are reading books and there have a bunch of stores in it. Uh, I was never in it due to it was not part of the kind of culture where I grew up uh, during the Soviet time. Uh, comic books were kind of something unusual, let's put it this way. So the first time I started to interact with it, uh, already like it was middle late 90s. I saw a few things, but I was never into it. So my kind of real comic experience came here in States. And again, it came with the Red Atlantis. So before the Red Atlantis done, I had, I had nothing to do with the comics. And then almost American. So I was kind of deeply got into, into this um, thing. And now working with Ron on two more projects, I guess this comic book became, comic, comic industry just became part of my life. Mm -hmm. So in the hey, once, once once we pull you in, you can't get back out. That's just yeah, that's the point. It's like it's like <laughs> yeah. it's like serving for the spy agency. Like there's no way out. Like as long as you're in, this is it. That's pretty much you're like it's a life sentence. You're done. Like you you you're, you're signing with the devil. You can't. Do it. <laughs> you got out of Russia easier than you're gonna get out of. Congress. Yes, yeah. that's what that's what I what that looks like. Um, and everyone like yes. So now now it's became a big part of my life, and uh, you can see this books behind me, and uh, pretty, seems like pretty soon Ron and I gonna have many many more of them. I'm not sure I can match the Ron's collection, what I can see behind him, but um, that's, my, that's my dust collection back there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have one of those too. Well, I mean, the thing at the end of the day, when you're creating, it's it's about creating what you know. And you know, you Jay, you've lived such a, an interesting life and been through so many experiences, so you, you're able to bring those to the story. So uh, fascinating, and I'm sure we'll have you back on at some point when some of these projects start to uh, to be released. So. Um, so as we're wrapping up here, uh, I know you mentioned Silver Surfer and Thanos. Uh, you have your project, Ron, with, uh, with Ron Lim, uh, which has been just a blast. Uh, I hope bringing in new readers, but for, for fans of the 90s run that you guys had on Silver Surfer, it's, uh, it's a nice trip down memory lane as well. Um, so you want to give a quick um, update on, on that and other, any other projects you have that we should be on the lookout for? Um, yeah, the update is they put me and Ron Lim back on uh, Silver Surfer, we, we're having a ball. Uh, um, yeah, Marvel just called out of the blue one day and said, hey, would would you guys do this thing again? And, uh, you know, we were both sort of like, well, if he's in, I'm in. So, um, and it was just like riding a bike. It was just, um, you know, the first few pages that I sat down to write, it was kind of like, oh, this is, this is odd. I haven't done this in quite a long time. But within, you know, half dozen pages it just felt it just felt like same old same old um 
And once the once Ron's first batch of pages came in, it, you know, was like 30 years had fallen away. Um, wow. So uh, issue four is out now. Issue five will be out next month. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we had a ball. Um, so my other the other stuff that I'm working on is uh, Project Superpowers, uh, which is coming out uh, from Dynamite right now. It's a miniseries called Fractured States um, that I'm co-writing with Andy Lanning. Um, that's a five-issue miniseries. Um, uh, I've got a graphic novel that will be out in February of 23 from uh, Naval Institute Press called Blue Angel. That's with Rick Leonardi. Mm. Um, that'll be a hardcover OGN, 150 pages or so. Um, all of which are sitting right here. Uh, it's good to have 150 pages of Rick Leonardi's work. Uh, next yeah, time. no kidding. Um, so, so that's that's basically done. But thanks to supply chain issues and paper shortages and all that kind of stuff, um, you won't get to see it until February 23. Um, so there's that. There's uh, I just finished the Swamp God serial and Heavy Metal. Um, there's another serial that'll be starting up in Heavy Metal. Not sure if it'll go late this year or early next year. Uh, also with Andy Lanning, that hasn't been announced yet. Announced yet, um, and a few other odds and ends in addition to uh, <clears throat> working for uh, Blizzard on a video game. Gotcha. And uh, best place to follow you online, so we know when all this stuff is dropping. <clears throat> um, best place is Twitter, which is just at Ron Mars. Um, my website will be relaunched soon he said hopefully <laughs> uh, uh there's still still ronmars.com is is there but we're retooling it and getting a uh getting a whole fresh look to it um and there's also an instagram and a facebook but i don't pay too much attention to those i should pay more attention to Inst instagram at least that's what my daughter tells me um yeah mine too <laughs> uh so yeah there's there's never you know i never wonder what to do when i get up in the morning there's always uh, there's always something waiting. So um, I am I am blessed to be doing the thing I love, um, doing it with people who are great to work with, uh, present company included. Um, I you know I've made a living making stuff up for 30 years plus, and uh, it doesn't look to doesn't look to be stopping. So I I realize how incredibly fortunate I am. Fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, and how about you, Jay? Where's the best place to follow you online so we know when uh, uh, some, some of your projects are coming out? I was always trying to stay as far as possible from the social media. So kind of if I appear on the social media after the Red Atlantis appeared. So uh, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, I do have LinkedIn. It's more like work, uh, job profile, professional one. This is pretty much it. Um, I do believe I have to go to the Instagram as well. Not sure about the Facebook, but I guess maybe. So I guess Ron's going to convince me pretty much. So, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, by the way, about Almost American, that would be the second graphic novel ever sold out in the International Spy Museum DC. Wow. The first, the, the first one was Red Atlantis. So, That's awesome. <laughs> so you got, you, got the, you got the monopoly. Pretty you much, yes. So That's yes, uh, Almost American will be in the International uh, Spy Museum DC, which is kind of a mothership for all the spy stories. So yes, that's the that's the big deal. Um, we so yeah, that's will be standing next to the Le Carre books and the Ben McIntyre books as well. So yes, that's a that's a great achievement. Fantastic. Uh, well, listeners, I'll put links to both Ron and Jay's uh, 
Twitter in the show notes. So if you're having trouble finding them, you can go and click there. Uh, you can find uh, issues of Almost American at your local comic shop. If you want to wait for the trade to come out, uh, the release date is July 5th, 2022. So uh, be sure and tell your retailers now that you, you want a copy if you're looking for the collected edition. Uh, I wouldn't wait. I think it's you need to read it sooner than that. Don't wait till July. So uh, you can tell your uh, retailer if they don't have the copies to uh, order them for you. So uh, Jay and Ron, thanks so much for chatting with us. Uh, it's always good to catch up. And uh, any last thoughts as we're uh, closing up here? I'll, I'll go to you first, Jay. Well, guys, again, thank you for having me here. That's a great opportunity to uh, speak about my story and just share my thoughts. Um, really appreciate if you guys want to buy the book and check the book. Um, it's really it's a, it's really personal story. It's a really great experience for us. And again, huge thank you to Ron for his hard work. Uh, lots of hours and hours of labor, lots of nights without sleep, just working on the project and uh, receiving my calls and texts about how I disagree with what he's doing. <laughs> and again, huge thank you to the all to uh, Aftershock as well, because guys, this they gave us this great opportunity to make this happen. So, looking forward to it. Uh, and you, Ron, any last thoughts? Um, life is strange and cool, you know. Uh, <laughs> like, you know, if you had come to me a few years ago and said, "By the way, you're going to be doing a lot of work with a former Russian intelligence operative, and you guys are going to be buddies and text each other all the time." Like, you know, I didn't have that on my bingo card, but, right. <laughs> uh, but it came to pass. So, um, so it's very cool. And I'm very thankful to, uh, to have made, uh, to have made this connection, right. Um, to have, be able to tell this story and be, be buddies with Jay and, um, you know, look at where I, you know, I'm a middle-class white kid from upstate New York, um, He's not from upstate New York. Right. Uh, so, um, you know, the world is a, the world is a small and wonderful place. So I'm, uh, I'm very glad that we're all in it. Fantastic. That's a, that's a great note to end on. So uh, to you listeners, highly encourage you to go check out uh, Almost American. It's a fantastic story. Uh, don't forget July 5th for the trade. If you want to wait for that. Uh, so thanks for listening as always. And we will talk to you next time. You can find the Comic Source Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe, and rate us. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash thecomicsource. Do a search for The Comic Source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes, as well as follow all our convention coverage. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.